Oh yeah, let's get this party started up in here. Whoop, whoop. Hey, this is Mark. You're listening to this show probably on your mobile device, whether it's iOS or Android or even Windows Mobile. <laughs> Who has one of those? Uh, but anyway, you're probably listening, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or some other wonderful mobile app that brings this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. Yeah. But did you also know that you can find this show, among several others in this category, at the Tangent Bound Network? That's right. Go visit TangentBoundNetwork.com. Check it out where you can always get the latest episode of this and other shows quite like it. Although, admittedly, there is no show quite like this one. Everybody, this is the ML Beers podcast with your hosts Andrew Sherman and Philip Corwin. And folks, we are we are officially here to talk about playoffs today. Phil, are you ready for you know just to talk about the playoffs and the start of the season coming up this weekend? Well, next week actually. Now, yeah, since I haven't you know I've been on the DL apparently for the last two weeks. I, so, I don't know if I could consider what you were doing on the DL. I mean, you're doing something that you love, so it's kind of hard to really say that you were on the DL for it. But that's just my yeah. opinion. But, you know, I've been off the pod for two weeks, so it's going to be nice getting back and actually talking about it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, not only that we'll be finally talking about playoffs, you know, our playoff predictions, which definitely was fun to talk about of course we're gonna be talking about the beer and you know not only that we'll be talking about the beer in the beer segment but we'll be talking about the 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 annual meeting up with the minds but as you can tell by the photo that we posted last week on twitter definitely not the uh definitely the hands weren't there they were a bit shaky from (laughs) everything that Phil and I did. But before we get there into was, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, just you know, leading in there there was one co there was one host who may have had many beers. A few too many, as they say, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway yeah. one host. The other one got to sit and laugh. Yes. Yes. Then we'll just leave that up to the to the story in the beer section of the podcast. So before we get all into the um, before we get all into the playoffs, we got to talk about these injuries, signings, suspensions with everything that's been going on, you know, during spring training. So let's get on to that. So the first off with what's been going on as of late, we have Alex Cobb just recently signed a four-year, $75 million deal with the Orioles. Uh, the Phillies signed Jake Arrieta for a three-year, $75 million contract. And that was, you know, a couple uh, 
a couple weeks back. Uh, then the Yankees just recently signed Neil Walker to a one-year, four million dollar deal, and Lance Lynn also signed a one-year, twelve million dollar deal with the Twins. And you know, with those signings, before we talk about the injuries and suspensions, which one is kind of the best one out of all of this, Phil? You know, my I, if you want to know. What I would think, I think it would be the Neil Walker. Mm-hmm. Because that was the biggest, you know, kind of concern for the Yankees was their second base and their third base infield. Mm-hmm. They got Gregorius at short. They got Bird at first. So they were going to lead, lean, lean on the rookies, uh, Torres and uh, Tur- and uh, Miguel Andahar at third. And the heart, yeah. And so this kind of shores up a veteran presence. They got him for a good one-year deal. So he can kind of usher in Torres and Andahar, which the Yankees are really high on. And they're getting a solid first base, uh, second baseman who, you know, his career, 272 hitter, uh, 306 Babbitt. He only strikes out 17.4% of the time. And he has a career 115 WRC+. plus. So he's a good, average, everyday baseball player, and that's going to create some security in that lineup where you, you know, where you have your question marks still. Is Judge able? Is going to be able to reproduce? Is Greg Bird going to be able to come back and do well? Is Gregorius going to be able to, you know, Judge and Bird are probably and Sanchez are the biggest question marks because they had Sanchez and Judge had such big years. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be able to repeat that, or there's going to be, or is there going to be some regression? Yeah, and I, you know, I kind of believe that what you're saying because you never know with Judge. It's, I mean, sophomore season. There's always that sophomore slump, and and I was reading uh, reading a uh, MLB Trash Talkers uh, Instagram post that they that they were saying will. I mean, they were saying that. Judge would have a sophomore slump, but also hit around the Mendoza line. And I, you know, I agree with the sophomore slump because it is very possible. But Mendoza line, you know, line numbers, not so much. And this really kind of, like you said, bolsters the Yankees a little bit, even though it's just a bit under the radar like you said, he's an average hitter with a 115 WRC plus, which I mean, that's a miracle these days. If you you know looking back at looking looking back at all the projected uh, stats for this season, you know it was really hit or miss with these guys. They're either just above the 100 mark or just below it, where it was average. But being over 110 to 115. Definitely, he can he can produce, and I think if what you said what you said happens, I think Neil Walker is definitely perfect for that situation. Out of you know the other signing that I have to really look at, not only the Neil Walker signing, I have to say for me, the Phillies getting Jake Arrieta for a three year seventy five million dollar you know deal, definitely he's going to be the ace. I mean, it was always Aaron Nola the past few seasons. 
I think this really solidifies, you know, getting the right veterans for this very young team. And, and that's what that's what's good for the Phillies here mm-hmm. is that really they've been aiming for their window to be 2019-2020. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be under this large-ish contract mm-hmm. after 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So when their win- when the window is really supposed to be peaking, so they're not going to be stuck underneath this kind of large contract where they're trying to get out of it when he's not producing as well. So he's going to be able to usher in this, you know, when the start of the window, and then when it starts, he's most likely gone, and that mm-hmm. money's freed up to where they can spend it on somebody else. Yeah, and I. Th- you know, I totally agree with that. And I think this was the perfect signing for the Phillies. Like I said, again, helps with the, you know, veterancy, the experience and all that stuff. But, you know, the uncertainty in the National League East after 2018 is, I mean, is very high. We're, we don't know if we're going to get the same team from the Nationals the past few years into 2019 because they could be losing a lot of guys, especially Bryce Harper. We don't know if the, you know, the Mets finally get over the hump and try to be the team that they were in 2015. We don't know if the Atlanta Braves have a, you know, a longer quote unquote upswing with their rebuild before they're going to be, you know, you know, be in contention to win the division and I mean, you can't really hardly say anything else about uh, about the Miami Marlins because I mean that's a train wreck. I hate to say that for the Marlins fans, but I mean, comparing everything after the 2018 season, it's up for the grabs. And like you said, the 2019 season, 2020 season, that window is going to be open for them, and especially with everything that is going on within the division. So that's why I kind of like this Jake Arietta move. And, you know, going to these, you know, besides the one-year deal with uh, with Neil Walker, I think Lance Lynn finally getting a deal to just the one-year $12 million to the Twins, I think will really help them out in the forefront. But besides all those signings, it, it does though. Yeah, go ahead. Because the twin, the twins were really vying. Like you know, they went and got Jake Odorizzi, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where their question marks were. Was their starting rotation, and they go out and get a guy Lance Lynn for one year, mm-hmm. who has what a ERA, I the ERA plus was a one twenty four. I think his ERA is just three, yeah, three point four. Yeah. So again. 186.1 innings pitched. He's going to eat up some innings for you. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to give up a bunch of runs. Mm-hmm. He only let up 27 home runs in 186 innings. Yep. So he's going to keep the ball in the park. He's going to, you know, that's the 27 home runs is the most he's let up in his career. But last year, everyone was hitting home runs. So it's not surprising. There's a spike. Not only that, he had also, he was just recovering from Tommy John surgery. You know, this was his first full year back. So I, that's how I kind of see it too. Yeah. And so it's just the twin, you know, that was their biggest question mark is 
who how are they going to do with their starting rotation? Mm-hmm. And you know they got Jake Odorizzi, they got Lance Lynn. I don't remember the rest of their pitching staff, but they have Irvin Santana and Jose Barrios, which are the okay. two prime guys for them okay. before they got the. Yeah, so they they have a solid one through four, mm-hmm. and you know in a American League Central where. You know, if you can argue that the Indians might have some question marks with Carlos Santana leaving, mm-hmm. and you know they got a question mark out in center field, is Jason Kipnis able going to come back and be a productive second baseman? Mm-hmm. You know, of course they still have their super strong pitching staff, so you know I'm not you don't need to talk about the Indians that way, but you need to look at their position players and see are they going to do well? Because of course you know they got Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez and mm-hmm. Michael Brantley. Mm-hmm. But and Encarnacion, but you know behind the plate they don't have good offensive catchers. They have good defensive catchers. Yeah. So, yeah. is the Indians' offense going to be good enough to where the pitching staff is going to be able to hold it down? Mm-hmm. And I think the Twins offered went out and did what they needed to do to compete with them and really buy for that wild card spot. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you know, also when you really look at it. Getting those two guys, like you said, really helps the rotation. And currently right now, you know, I brought up Irvin Santana and Jose Barrios. We can't forget about Michael Pineda. And Michael Pineda, which he's currently on the 60-day DL, and Irvin Santana just re- recently went on the DL too. But th- but last year, Irvin Santana was part of that Cy Young conversation. But sticking with the Minnesota Twins real quick. This is where they get the player get the players that they need. And then I guess it's kind of karma, maybe, or something that they lose a guy with Jorge Polanco getting the eighty game suspension for PED usage. And I think that's I mean, that really does leave a hole for them. If you really look at it at shortstop. Yeah. But you know, offensively Last year, he did only hit 256, 313, and a 410 with a 723 OPS. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was about league average, maybe mm-hmm. slightly better, but he only had 13 home runs and only 13 stolen bases. So, he really wasn't all the way there. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. something like, you know, you're not losing a Mike Trout. Yeah. Granted, he was a 2.2 war player, but I think that had a lot to do, you know, his defensive metrics. Let's see if I can pull them up. Fangraphs was not cooperating, so I had to go to baseball reference, so it's all throwing me off. Yeah, Fangraphs has been uh, been a little of a pain as of late. Are you, I say, are you getting, like, random pop-up ads that, like, take you away from the website? Uh, No, because I have pop-up blocker. Okay. <laughs> I sh- but yeah, no, it, it's been annoying. But when I go to Baseball Reference, it's fine. So whatever. <laughs> but you know, he did have eight, he did have eighteen errors last year at shortstop, mm. and yeah. So really, just depending on what their team roster looks like, I don't know who is really going to be able to step up and replace him. Yeah, and that's kind of the question mark as Roster Resource has Eduardo Escobar. Escobar. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I was looking at too. 
And, you know, last year, or is it, yeah, last year, Roder Escobar played 129 games. Let's see what positions he played last year. Yeah, he played a little bit everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of places. He started 16 games at shortstop, 79 at third base, 20 at DH, 9 at second, 2 in left. Apparently he played a game at catcher, too. I mean, late in the late in the year, everybody getting injured, okay. it's that possibility. But, you know, last year he hit almost the same as Eduardo as Jorge Polanco, 254, 309, 449 slash line, a 758 OPS and a 100 OPS plus. Mm-hmm. You know, he did hit 21 home runs, so he's going to offer some more power. He does strike out a little bit more, but really, if he can, I would say he played 129 games. He had 499 plate appearances, 457 at bats. So, you know, he'll probably get 60 or so more at bats. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if he can maintain that pace and they just go out and get another good utility infielder, I don't think they're really losing a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, You know, looking at the stats, you know. I agree with you there. I, but, you know, it's all about the defensive metrics for them. I know that uh, Jorge Polanco wasn't, you know, looking at the stats and everything else. He wasn't necessarily, you know, big bopper, but he had the defensive metrics, and he, you know, he's a lovable guy with the Minnesota Twins. So it's kind of a big, you know, this whole big deal of not having him in because he's this lovable guy. He starts, you know, almost all games. I mean – Looking at back just last year, Jorge Polanco started 133 out of the 162. So he's had he's had the games. And yeah, also yep. Eduardo Escobar, 129 compared to three 133, but only four games. Only yeah. four games. So and their at bats are only separated by 30. Mm-hmm. So. Really? And, you know, you're getting Jorge Polanco back at the All-Star break, which will yeah. probably do some rehab rehab time down in the minors. Mm-hmm. So probably won't have him back until August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if Eduardo Escobar is doing better than Jorge Polanco, if I was the Twins, you ride Escobar, who's been there all year. Yeah. I, I mean, if he's doing well, well, if he's doing well, then yeah. Yeah, if Polanco comes in, if Escobar's struggling, then yeah, of course you can plug in Polanco back in. But if he's Eduardo Escobar's doing better than what he was doing last year, you mm-hmm. ride that and let Polanco just be that uh, either ride out the rest of the season in the minors, and if you're making a playoff run, call him up before August 31st so you can have him on the playoff roster. Yep, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, there's nothing going against the guy, but – I mean PED usage. We have we've had our conversations about that in a earlier episode, but we might we might have to touch up a, a little bit on it again very very soon. Anyway, last thing, just want to get this off real quick. When it comes to injuries, Justin Turner broke his wrist in a you know it was a bad pitch from uh, I believe it was if I can remember correctly it was an Athletics pitcher. 
and broke his wrist, doesn't need surgery. Uh, I think that will just affect the Dodgers early on, you know, but I don't think it will affect them in the long run, you know. If they're going to let him <clears throat> let it heal, probably take a month or two, but the way that we kind of see it, the Dodgers, that's not going to matter much. And no. yeah, so, and the funny thing about the Justin it's Turner saying right now on yeah, this go ahead. baseball reference page, it's a uh, six to nine weeks. Yeah, there you go. So um, two months, maybe a mu- two months in a week. So there you go. And the funny thing about this, not necessarily about the injury, it was, uh, I guess a two-year-old or a three-year-old fan. I've seen it as his, as his child. I've seen it as a fan, but I guess like a the the kid was trying to kiss his wrist like a boo boo to make it feel all better. So I guess that's kind of the that's kind of the funny funny thing about the injury, even though it is pretty serious. But like we said, the Dodgers are going to be okay. And that kind of leans to the big kahuna. The reason why we're finally talking about this is the playoffs. And my oh my, I've, <clears throat> I have to say, before we actually get, on, get into everything about the teams that we chose, I really, really like the way that we did it this year. And... It was not only that we, you know, split it up. We did six weeks of previews, did team by team. We took our time, read everything about it, you know, back and forth conversation. Not only that, where it wasn't, you know, three hours and two and a half hours, respectively, and it just got out of hand. But also, what I loved about it is not only that we, you know, took our time, got our numbers together. But I think we weren't so, I guess, so enamored by the win-loss totals. And the reason why is, you know, compiling every number, all the numbers with this, we kind of came up with, uh, you know, we kind of came up with a random, you know, random playoff teams that, you know, are worthy, but... I think I think the playoff teams are I just I just like how random it was. It wasn't it wasn't copying you know last year's playoffs as much. We do have a different, you know, difference of opinion between who wins the division or not. But it was just very interesting that I was not thinking about <clears throat> win-loss totals as a whole with the leagues or league than, you know, with that, I was just focusing on what the win-loss total would be with the team with the current situation that they've had. And I think it's I think it's great. First of all, let's let's go down the list here. So for my playoff teams, for the American for the American League East, I have Boston, National League East, Washington, the the American League Central, Cleveland, the National League Central, Milwaukee, Na- American League West, we 
I have Houston. Well, I should say we have Houston. And we also have, in the National League West, the Los Angeles Dodgers. The only other times that we've kind of came together with, you know, with the same team in the divisions was the American League Central and the National League East. There's no way that these, you know, Washington, Cleveland, Houston, and uh, Los Angeles, I don't think they're going to get knocked out of their perch yet. But I think what was really interesting was the not only the S- National League Central and the American League East, but also looking at kind of the uh, cluster of wild card teams that we kind of got together a little bit. For my wild card teams for the American League are the Yankees and the Twins, like last year, and for the National League. Arizona and Colorado, which we which we flipped. You had Colorado being first, Arizona being second, and yours, Phil, as for the yep. National League. But I think it was very interesting that you had the Minnesota Twins not only being wild card number one, but having the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or the California Angels, as I like to put them as wild card number two. Yes, it wasn't, you know, so ambitious like we had last year where, I mean, pretty much we locked all the division winners and then we kind of, you know, gave our little two cents of who was going to win the wild card. This was kind of, this is what I really liked is because since we didn't, I had the numbers in front of me, of course, but I wasn't really worried about the whole thing and trying to be like, Oh, I like this team better than this team. We just focused on what we were talking about with that team and just gave numbers. And we, we just did it. We just didn't think about, like I said, the league as a whole, we just thought about the, you know, the teams and which kind of in a, in a way became a randomizer because, you know, I would put the Cardinals, you know, just not thinking about the numbers, I would put the Cardinals in probably wild card number two. But in this whole situation, not only the Cardinals not getting into the playoffs, I believe they are third out of the, uh, of the wild card. And also, the Chicago Cubs don't make it in my playoffs. They get, you know, they get routed out by the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies, which I think they're better clubs than the Cubs. But it's but it's just very interesting that you know, looking at all of this, we had nobody, you know, we had all these close teams, but we just weren't really thinking about it. Again, for me, the sec the team left outside in the uh, American League wild card, would be the Baltimore Orioles. And I was not totally thinking of, well, I can see them play, but then again, they, they're they not going to make it to the playoffs. I you know, I was just like, I think they have an opportunity to make it to the playoffs, 86 wins. And then I did not think of anything else. I was not thinking about the Baltimore Orioles when we were doing the other divisional uh, previews. So that's what I kind of liked about this is that 
for me, I really didn't, you know, we had our numbers, but we weren't thinking, we didn't have a, for me at least, we didn't have a preset, uh, a preset uh, playoffs. We just went by, we set our win totals, and then we, and then earlier today, I just compiled and see what happened, and we just got all these up together. So that's what I've liked about this year instead of last year, which I guess has saved our uh, saved our brain cells. Would you say? Yes, yes, and you know, you know, with my, you know, my bold pick is the Angels making the wild card. Yes, I, you know, my bold pick, of course, was you know Milwaukee winning the division. You have yep. the you have the California Angels making it into the wild card, even though Shohei Otani might not be a great starter this year. <laughs> Had a 27, hey. 27 ERA and a, I believe, a batting average of one eighty. <laughs> but you know, it's expected. Yeah, new kid in the system. It's and there's going to be times for all you people he is only 23 years old he's not the traditional japanese player that comes over like ichiro where he's like 28 or 29 has been playing professional mm-hmm. ball for a very long time shoyo otani mm-hmm. is only 23 years old which yeah that's and, the miracle of it yeah exactly so even if he has a learning curve the angels still have mike trout they still have really good starting pitching they got Zach Cozart. They got Andrew uh, Simmons. Who's playing second base for him? Ian Kinsler. Kinsler. See? See? They, you know, they kind of did what the Giants did where they went out and got some of, you know, with Ian Kinsler and Zach Cozart. They kind of went out and got, you know, some faces of the franchises from other places. But these players are good players. And I really think that they're going to be able to compete. And even if Otani doesn't pitch well, I still believe he has the ability to hit well. Mm-hmm. Under- and understandable. Like even, even looking at Zach Cozart, who, you know, he's going to be playing third base for him. Mm-hmm. Last year he hit 297, 385, and 548. Yeah. With the 141 OPS He plus. was really good for the Cincinnati Reds. And see, you know, you brought up how the Angels, like the Giants, got guys that were, you know, faces of the franchise, add them to their club and all that stuff. But the one key similar, the one similar thing, the one key thing out of all of this, why they're very similar to each other, is that the teams that they plucked them off are teams that are going to be crap. If you think yep. about it, Evan Longoria came from the Rays. The Rays are going to be horrible. Andrew McCutcheon came from the Pirates. The, I, I mean, I have them, I believe, third in the division this year, if I can get my sticky notes up for this. There we go. Yes, I have them actually in fourth. Yeah, fourth. But still, they're going to be bad this year. They're not going to make it to the playoffs. Then when you go over to the Angels, you have Ian Kinsler coming from the Tigers, and oh my, that's uh, that's almost that's the that's the Marlins of the American League. I mean, you could kind of go with the Rays too 
But I have to say, Detroit is the Mar is the Marlins of the uh, of the American League, and then they get Zach Cozart again. He went from the Reds, and they're not going to do anything. So they that's the key thing. They got the guys that are producing well for crappy teams, and the weird thing about it too is that the Angels I think have a better opportunity to get to the playoffs. But of course, I don't have them in mind uh, than the Giants. But that's just me on that. And, you know, going back and forth, really looking at this, Phil, we know why we chose the Nationals. We know why we chose the Indians. We know why we chose Houston, Los Angeles, Arizona, Colorado, and, and the. Minnesota Twins. I think where we have to talk about in this whole playoffs thing, not only <clears throat> who's going to win the World Series this year, our you know our prediction. It's the you have the Cubs, I have Milwaukee, I have Boston, you have New York. Yes, New York is in my wild card. But and you know, at the time when we were doing our AL East. The Red Sox had not signed J.D. Martinez yet, mm-hmm. which, you know, he was still the favorite there, but, you know, we were going off what we had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you look at that, you know, if I had to make an adjustment, you know, whoever went, whoever takes second in the AL East will most likely take that first or second wild card spot as well. Mm-hmm. So either knock out the Twins or the Angels. Mm-hmm. And... I remember vividly because I said this. I said that Boston, you know, with JD Martinez or not, I mean, with or without, they were going to win the division. Without him, they were going to win 93. But with JD Martinez, I see them winning at least two more games, which would be 95. And of course, I had the Yankees at 91. So. <clears throat> I just, you know, just with all of that, it's just very, I think that's, again, that goes back to my earlier statement of why I really like this way, uh, this divisional preview this year. So, playoff-wise now, who do you really see, you know, talking about all the teams that we have here, who do you really see becoming the big dog in the American League and in the National League. Well, you know, we could, the best team in the league right now are the Astros and Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you wanted to talk about them, we can. But we know what the Astros are bringing to the table. They got Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Dallas Keuchel. They just got a ungodly mm-hmm. starting rotation. Same thing with their position players between Altuve, who they just extended, George Springer, Alex Correa, Alex Bregman. They mm-hmm. just – and then, you know, Marwin Gonzalez. And then I can't remember who's playing right field for him right now or first base. But uh, First base would be – first base would actually be Marwin Gonzalez. Right field, I believe, is still Josh Reddick. Well, actually, George Springer play, plays right field. Uh I know he plays sometimes center. It depends on Josh Reddick, what he wants to do that day. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's just, you know, we know what they're bringing to the table, which is going to be a really good team. Same thing with the Dodgers. You know what you, you really – we know what we're going to get out of those teams. Same thing with the Indians. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Red Sox and the Nationals. You know, mm-hmm. the question marks are the Yankees. How well are they going to be able to reproduce if they are? Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking at the new kids on the block, you could argue would be the Brewers and the Twins. And I think mm-hmm. those would be the exciting teams to look at. Yeah. And that's... The Brewers The Brewers made some heavy moves. We talked about it. You know, you can mm-hmm. go back and listen to the NL Central episodes. But they've just done something to where the Brewers really haven't done that in a while. Mm-hmm. And they're really, you know, and they're still... And they didn't completely drain their minor league system in doing so. Mm-hmm. So it really, you know, it depends on what their starting pitching is going to be able to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's going, I think it's still going to be the Astros playing the Indians in the ALCS and the Dodgers. Hmm. I know it's a difficult one because you, I yeah. believe you have the NL. The, the NL is really tight mm-hmm. after the Dodgers. After the Dodgers, the NL is pretty tight for that second spot. Yeah, and you know for the AL for the AL, that second spot's you know you could look at the Indians and just look at what they're starting with their pitching staff, and you know in the playoffs pitching usually wins you baseball, mm-hmm. and so. Really, I think they have the second strongest pitching staff in the AL. Mm-hmm. That's you know starting rotation plus bullpen. There's probably another bullpen that's better than theirs, but you know overall, I think the Indians have a better staff. Mm-hmm. But I think it'd be the Dodgers. Man, I really don't know. Yeah, it's. I would it, like it's it'd a, be cool a to difficult see the, one. It'd be, it'd be like you know. With your pick, it would be cool to see the Brewers play them, but mm-hmm. I don't think that will happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know because if you have, it, this... it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be even cooler if the Nationals were able to knock them off and Bryce Harper go into his contract here, winning a World Series, mm-hmm. just to see the amount of money somebody will throw at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you if looking at all of this, you know, talking about the National League, you would have Dodgers or Cubs number one. <clears throat> then you would have the flip of that as number two because you both have them. You both have them at ninety five, and then yeah. you would have the Washington Nationals. Actually, my bad. You would have the Cubs as number one, Los Angeles as number two. Then you have the, um, not the Nationals, Dodgers at two, Nationals at three. So you would have L.A. Washington in the first round. So it would either be Cubs or Colorado or Arizona Diamondbacks. And to explain my thinking on having the Dodgers not be the best team in the NL is because I think how good the Rockies and Diamondbacks are within that division Mm -hmm. that they're going to quote-unquote, steal wins from each other mm-hmm. to where the Dodgers aren't going to be able to roll over them. And, I, you know, saying that, I think that's quite possible because last year, if you look at 
the Dodgers win loss record against you know team you know teams individual teams. Arizona beat them in their series this last year. The Colorado's Colorado Rockies did last year. They won the series against them. So I mean, what you're saying is a possibility, and the Dodgers, I believe were five back well they I need to say the Diamondbacks won five you know five more in their series and the Colorado Rockies only won three more in their series so I mean it is that possibility where they do get to face you know they do face each other with that and that's why it's such a difficult one to be like okay Dodgers are they gonna you know really pull it out uh, I believe so because that's what I have I believe I have the Dodgers being my number one and then I have and then my number two actually is the Milwaukee Brewers and then the Washington Nationals as my three and <clears throat> I think that would be an exciting matchup for me is to see you know Washington and Milwaukee go after it you have this upcoming talent versus the main staple of the past few years in the playoffs and see how they go toe-to-toe. And Washington might get the win. They might get their first ever win since 1926. Well, since the 50s, I believe, was the last time they were in the World Series. Maybe. Or 40s. I can't remember. But they'll just get their, they'll get their first playoff win in a very long time. Could see that, but I really like the Milwaukee Brewers. Again, it's a division that I know real well, and I could see them bump over. I think Milwaukee is going to, you know, you're going to have Washington play with a chip on their shoulder, and they have been for the past few years. But I think you're going to see Milwaukee be have that underdog heart mentality when it comes to this. And... I you know my heart says again heart says with Milwaukee my head says with Washington cuz it's going to be a great series. That series should go that sh- series should go 7, not just 5, 7 cuz it's going to be a good series. But I I truly believe that, you know, I truly believe that Washington might get their first one having that chip on their shoulder. And then, you know, if you look at the wild card, it would be, you know, Arizona, Colorado. And I, again, Arizona would have the home field advantage for that game. And you saw last year how it was a close one until later in the innings where Arizona finally came out and started playing. And I think Arizona, you know, wins it. Well, then again, Colorado has done some moves. And see, that's where it kind of gets like, eh. I mean, either team can win, but then will they upset Los Angeles? Will they upset the Dodgers? And that's no. I think Dodgers and Washington will fi- will face each other in the National League Championship Series. Going, you know, then, you know, looking at the American League, I could say, you know, something similar where, you know, New York... Has you know New York had a great run last year in the you know 
in the American League. Minnesota kind of has this underdog heart story, a little bit of chip on their shoulder since last year's war, you know wild card game was ridiculous. And then, like Cleveland, Houston, I believe Houston is my team with the most wins at 103. They're the only team to crack over 100. And then Boston would be my two. No, Boston would be my three and Cleveland would be my two. So Houston would face the wild card. But let's get through the Cleveland and Boston series. I think, again, that's going to go for for a full five. And it's going to be coming down to really who has the stuff at the end. I think it's going to be a long, hard-fought battle between these two clubs. And looking at everything, it's going to be... You're going to have the the fresher club playing. Even though these guys are going to have at least a day off or so. I think it's going to be Cleveland. And I know that sounds weird that I just jumped into it. But it's this. If everything goes correctly for what I have. Boston wins 93 to 95 games. New York wins 91 games, give or take. It's going to be a, it's going to be a dog fight for the last few weeks of the season for Boston. It's not going to be a dog fight for the Cleveland Indians, the closest team, Minnesota twins, but they have 87 wins compared to the 97 wins. So that's where I kind of see, you know, Cleveland being more relaxed. They're going to have the home field advantage for that playoff series. And that's why I, I like Cleveland. But then Houston versus the wild card. I think the wild card, if every it's again, everything goes right. Heart with Minnesota, head with Yankees. But... <clears throat> I went with I didn't go with Milwaukee because I think Bryce Harper and the Nationals will win the division series. But I got to go with my heart here. And I think Minnesota has a chance to upset. Again, if they're not trying to fight for, you know, fight for a position to be number 1, which they should. But if you really, you know, through my numbers, they're somewhat fighting for that third that second wild card spot. I mean, again with Baltimore <clears throat> with Baltimore having 86 wins on my side and Minnesota having 87 and it's going to be a fight. But I, you know, I th- really really feel that Minnesota is going to pull up an u- upset against the Yankees. And I have Minnesota versus Houston. And I mean, it's really easy, you know, for me to say Houston's going to take over Minnesota. And that's where, again, it's going to be Houston and it's going to be Cleveland for, you know, the American League Championship Series. Well, we agree on that. And I know that we kind of have our – it's kind of hard to go really with, the you know, the National League Championship Series. But out of those four teams – I mean, out of the out of the ten teams, really, I'm just gonna before we go into the final four teams. Out of the ten teams, my dark horse team 
even though, like I said, they're not going to win the divi- the divisional series against Washington. I think the Minnesota, I mean the Milwaukee Brewers, are definitely a dark horse team that people are going to overlook because they're in a somewhat weak National League uh, Central Division. Phil, what's your you know what's your dark horse with with your playoff teams with a playoff team real quick? Like. <clears throat> For each division, my dark horse, obviously, starting with the AL, it would have to be the Angels because I picked them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is – hold on. Is Mike Trout a free agent next year or did he – No, Mike Trout's, like, signed for a very, very long time. He's is no he... free agent. I can look it up real quick. I thought – I don't know why I thought that. Mike Trout, part of the California. signed through he signed through twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He 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 went to team. He went to team for a long time. And there's no way, but, there's no way, the Angels are gonna let him go to. Uh, they're just not gonna let him go to. Uh, you yeah, know, let him so, work, so with the Angels, you know, it's looking at what they they don't have much of a minor league system, so they kind of went, eh. All in this year with getting Zach Cozart and Ian Kinsler and maybe putting some better pieces around Mike Trout mm-hmm. to help. And hopefully Albert Pujols will just stop taking at bats. Mm-hmm. And they, if anything, because I know they got a lot of money locked up in Pujols, if they can go out yeah. and get a better starting pitcher or something along those lines, you know, they 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 have the offensive prowess to kind of compete Mm -hmm. but you know my fun team that i think in the nl would be a lot of fun to see make a good playoff run would be the colorado rockies i could see that i could see that because they they went out and got wade davis mm -hmm. they got a good starting pitching staff they got a good bullpen they have you know a good position players as well with Charlie Blackman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Charlie Blackman's still there. He's, right. you know, Trevor Story. They went, you know, they gave Carlos Gonzalez another one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Which, looking at him last year, so we'll pull up. He didn't have a terrible year. I believe. It was oh, yeah, a, no, a decent. He hit two sixty. Yeah. He hit two sixty-two, three thirty-nine, four twenty-three. Slash line 762 OPS and 87 OPS plus, but that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, the rest of the team, that's one thing I don't, oh, there we go. The rest of the team, you know, they got D, DJ LeMahieu, they got Nolan Arenado, they've got, they got good production out of Gerardo Parra last year as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mark Reynolds was a nice little resurrected story for him, mm-hmm. hitting 30 runs and hitting 267. And they still have Ian Desmond. Mm-hmm. So they they got, and I forgot, and they signed Jonathan Lucroy. Yeah. No. No, they got Chris Iannetta. They had yeah, Lucroy last they year. Luke, last year, Lucroy mm-hmm. went to the A's this year. But mm-hmm. yeah, they got Chris Iannetta. So 
I think they have a good enough offensive team to go out and do well. And between Desmond and Carlos Gonzalez splitting time probably at right field, mm-hmm. because Ian Desmond, I just, that story is so funny to me. Is how he was a good shortstop, and then he went to the Diamondbacks, and he got stuck out in left field and center field and first base. And, you know, he is just, you know, he was offered a lot of money, didn't take it, took this deal for, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I just think they have a good team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's kind of my dark horse for the NL. And I don't even know if it's really a dark horse or not, but. Well, you got to think of dark horse <clears throat> of its sports definition of being a team that is you know, kind of just overshadowed by other teams. Like, we talked about the Dodgers being powerful. We talked about Washington having Bryce Harper. Like, it's a team that you really don't think of, but when you really do, they could do damage. And I think a lot of people forget that Nolan Arenado plays for them. Yes. He quietly, I'm not going to say quietly, but to the average baseball fan, or the casual fan, you don't think of Nolan Arenado, but he hit 37 home runs and hit 309 last year. Mm-hmm. The team's the good. Dude, the team's good. Yeah. They had two guys hit almost 40 home runs between him and uh, Blackman, mm-hmm. and Reynolds hit 30. And Trevor yeah. Story, granted, his he hit 24 home runs, but he did hit 239. So you would like to see him as a shortstop get closer to that you know, 250, 260. Mm-hmm. If he can still produce with 24 home runs and a 308 on base percentage, you're going to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to see that on base percentage drop below 300. Yeah. That's what it's all about with that stat. So, you know, he, yeah. I, I really think the Rockies will be a team that's going to be hyper competitive this year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just, that's where I see him at. Because they got good starting pitching, like I said. You know, the Rockies' course field is not the easiest park to pitch in, but it's not 2003-2004 course field. Mm-hmm. Since yeah. they installed the humidifier. Yeah, well, now they have all humidifiers in every yep. stadium. But yeah, I mean... Yep. I t- it's, that's- it's, it's not... You know, if you want to do something fun, if you have it, go to Play Index and put in Barry Bonds and the peak Coor Fields years. Yes, yes. I've I've seen that he would hit like over 900 home runs and yep. in his career and then one year would hit 93 or something like yeah. that. Just absurd. So it's not that ballpark anymore. Yeah. It's still, you know, pitcher-friendly-ish, mm-hmm. but... You know, they went out and got some bullpen guys with Wade Davis. They got good pitching in John Gray and Tyler and they and Jermaine Marquez. So they got they mm-hmm. got the team. Mm-hmm. And I think this is right in their window to where they're going to be able to really produce. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is kind of the question that we've all been, you know, kind of and it's no Arenado's walk year. And also Charlie Blackman's walk year too. Yes, actually, actually, it's actually DJ LeMayu and 
Charlie Blackman. I think Arenado has one more year in his contract before he's a free agent. He's he's signed through 2018. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. He signed a two-year, $29.5 million deal after the 16th season. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, educational eligible in 2019, free agent in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, he has A4. Scott Morris is his agent, so he might fuck that up for him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, anyway, I got to ask your four teams real quick again. And then, out of those four teams, who's your World Series winner and why? All right. So, four teams ALCS, Astros, Indians, Astros winning six. Okay. <clears throat> NL. You know, maybe just because I just talked about them, I'm going to go Dodgers, Rockies. Okay. That is possible with your setup. Yeah. Rockies in seven. Ooh. Okay. And your World Series winner? And why? Astros. Astros in five. And reasons why, like, what what do you see better between starting. these two? Be- better starting pitching. Better starting pitching overall. Overall, just I think when you have a starting rotation between Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Dallas Keuchel, and the two other guys on the Astros staff that are good that I right now I can't remember their names of, but that's that's what it boils down to. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I, I could definitely see that. So you predict that the Astros have go back-to-back, bringing out that, back Drake, back. Bringing out that Drake song, back-to-back. Oh, yeah, if you yeah. want to go down the starting rotation, the projected starting rotation, Justin Verlander, Dallas Keuchel, Lance McCullers, Garrett Cole, yep. Charlie Morton. That, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, when you have those five guys – it's just, I'm not going to say it's unfair. It's fair because they did it, but it's I, just, it's it's hard to compete with. I mean, like, you could say season, it's unfair. Throughout the season, it's easier to compete against. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing a five-game series against a team that is throwing probably Justin Verlander, mm-hmm. one of the best pitchers in the league, mm-hmm. and we all saw what he did last season in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The dude was nails. Yes. And so you could say his nails made the coffin. So, yeah, it, it was just, he was unreal in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it was really, and you know, we talked about it last year. It was finally nice to see him get that real opportunity mm-hmm. because he never really got that with the Tigers. Mm-hmm. So, Unders- if he can get a full year in with the Astros and just, produce like that and go into do it two years in a row in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The dude was already pretty much bound for the hall of fame, but after last year, and if he does it one more year in a row, he's, you know, I know no one likes getting, you know, for some reason people can't get voted in on the first ballot, but I mean, there's some people, but yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know, he won't get a, he won't get a hundred percent. He'll probably get like 97.3. Which would be, I believe, 
0.4% under Ken Griffey Jr.'s. So Yeah. That's what I mean. Ken Griffey Jr. didn't even get 100%. So let's just... Babe Ruth didn't even either. either. So, like, just... Well, I believe, really, I think Babe Ruth, he was just elected in. Not, like, not necessarily elected in. He was just already put in. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Because he was he was the original six, so if you really think about it, it works with that. So my choice for World Series, all the teams, Houston gets to go back. You kind of already explained why. Over, um, if I remember correctly, over, oh man, over Cleveland, <clears throat> and then it would be Dodgers. Over Washington, again, the Do- I just see the Dodgers being more of a completed team. They have the team chemistry. Washington does have that team chemistry, but they just finally won their w- first playoff series in forever. And sometimes that can boil over to the next series and carry them. But when you have a seven-game series – more than likely, the Dodgers are going to sweep whoever they beat in the wild card. So three games. They're going to be well-rested. And they're going to beat Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez, Washington Nationals again. Well, actually, it wouldn't be again. It would be the first time. But <clears throat> if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty about it, if you want to go Houston Dodgers rematch of the century, I mean, hell, I think they're better rematches than the Golden State Warriors versus Cleveland Indians. You know, it's a tough one. It truly is. You have a team that, I mean, with all rematches, you have the team that won their World Series, finally got to the pinnacle. And then you have the team that lost, that lost to them in the World Series. You know, Los Angeles Dodgers have the chip on their shoulder, everything else. And when you really look at both teams, they've, you know, they've added, they subtracted, yada, yada, yada. But like you said with the Houston Astros, this unprecedented starting rotation if they don't if they you know are, are done correctly used correctly no injuries whatsoever it's hard to beat a team like that and yes again you know i'm about to pull up right here the los angeles dodgers starting rotate projected starting rotation for the 2018 season if it wants to load looking at it and comparing you have, I mean, they go toe-to-toe with the position players. You know, you have George Springer, Cody Bellinger, Jose Altuve with, you know, Yasiel Puig, blah, blah, blah. Not making exact comparisons, but I'm just saying they go toe-to-toe. Sometimes one leans more, you know, towards Houston than, you know, one leads towards the Dodgers. But again, it comes down to the pitching. The starting pitching. Kershaw, going to be good. Always good. Alex Wood, finally 
you know, finally showed up and was really well for the Dodgers last year. Kenta Maeda. So you would have Kenta Maeda is the third. You have Rich Hill as the fourth. And you have Huyen Jin Ryu as the fifth. Three, four, five guy. Three, four, five for the Houston Astros, if you all don't remember. Lance McCullers, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton. When you look at those two, because Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, coin toss. Dallas Keuchel versus Alex Wood, I give it to Dallas Keuchel because Alex Wood finally had a good year last year on a really good team. Kenta Maeda versus Lance McCullers. Maeda was pushed back into the bullpen. He did start, I believe, a couple games in the playoffs, maybe one or two. But I give Lance McCullers, you know, the advantage. Number four, Rich Hill versus Garrett Cole. Even though Garrett Cole was part of a crappy team last year, he did well. I mean, for what he had. I mean, ERAs are are a, are a tricky thing to deal with. I mean, hell, I deal with it on a constant basis when I'm training to do game days, you know, training to be the game day stringer and trying to decide whether it's an earned run or an unearned run. And that's where it gets tricky. But Garrett Cole is definitely above Rich Hill, in my opinion. Yeah, even though Rich Hill had a great second half, he was seventh you know, in pitcher power rankings compared to Garrett Cole's 24. But still, 24 against a seven from in the second half last year is pretty dang good. And I still give it to Garrett Cole because I think Rich Hill, he has blister problems. And that's where the killer is for him, is those blister problems. And if he gets the blister at the wrong time, pretty much playoff time, he's not going to do well. And then the number five, Charlie Morton versus Huyen Jin Ryu, even though they usually only go three, four pitchers in the playoffs, but just the fifth pitcher, just for, you know, for uh, my case here. Huyen Jin Ryu, I believe, didn't only had one, maybe two, three appearances in the playoffs last year. Out of the possible... If I'm correct with my numbers here, 15 times. Full seven with the World Series, five with the uh, NLCS, and three with the D- with the NLDS. Three appearances, I believe. Yes, he was injured too. But compared to Charlie Morton, it's difficult to say... Oh, yeah, Jin Ryu. Yeah, you're great over Charlie Morton, which I'm which I'm pretty sure he did have some injury problems last year. If I, you know, if I really look it up and go at it. But Charlie Morton, I just to me, I believe that he's a better pitcher than Jin Ryu, and that's where it's going to come down. Like you said, it's going to come down to the starting pitching. The pitching the starting pitching is fantastic. The bullpen pitching, again, you could go toe-to-toe, like what I said with the position players. You know, one pitcher is better than the other, yada, 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 so on and so forth. 
But when you really have Ken Giles and Chris Devinsky, Davinsky, I should say, they would probably lose to Kenley Jansen. No doubt about that. But when you have Pedro Baez, which last year he had problems, Scott Alexander, even though he did great in the second half, it's going to be tricky. Same thing with Josh Fields. Going to be tricky even though he was good. They lost Brandon Morrow. They still have Tony Singrani, and they also, well, they've lost Brandon Morrow and Tony Watson. They still have Tony Singrani. But when you, you know, toe-to-toe factor again, Ken Giles versus Jansen, coin toss, even though I would prefer to go Jansen over Giles. But everything else, to me, just looks like Devininski would definitely beat Pedro Baez. Scott Alexander could beat Joe Smith. I mean, that's another coin toss. But again, like you said, and what I'm agreeing with, is that the starting pitching of the Houston Astros could be one of the best starting starting rotations in history. Not only... not this year not in the decade not you know in our you know our baseball lifetime history of the of MLB and that's why i have the Houston Astros winning winning in 7 or 6 i mean it could go either way they're just going to finally celebrate winning a world series on their on their soil you know not necessarily you know not necessarily going six or seven, but I think, you know, the Dodgers, they're going to be playing back and forth, but Clayton Kershaw will be one, and then he'll pitch five, game five. And then once it goes past game five, game six, again, Dallas Keuchel, I have over Alex Wood. So there you go. It could be five, I mean, it could be six, it could be seven, but I definitely will say the Houston Astros, having my um, having the home field advantage because they have the best record in ball baseball, definitely get to win the World Series again, but finally on their home soil. So that's all I got. That's what I got with that. All right. I know that was a that was very very long, but Houston Astros, folks, from both of us. And I think that's, you know, that's, I mean, it's a pretty bold statement. And, you know, really thinking about that, it's kind of, you know, kind of have to go with a bold statement to, you know, having a beer afterwards. Because, you know, you, if you're, you know, you see the professor when you're in college, you know, he ha- makes this bold claim in class and then you see him having a beer at, a, at the local bar, you know. I have a I have multiple teachers do that. But it's just you know, now it's time after we've made these bold moves, these bold picks. It's time to relax. It's uh, it's done. It's over. We're not, you know, we're not going to be here next week. We're going to take a break and finally watch some baseball. And yes, there was spring training, but I have not watched yeah. any of spring training. Yeah, see there you go. I mean, spring training is awesome. You get to see the up-and-comers, and you get to see the you know your favorites up in the majors. 
But me, personally, if I lived in Florida or Arizona, yeah, spring training, awesome. But since I work, for me at least, since I work in the minor league system with the Springfield Cardinals, eh, I already get to see the future. And I get to see him play, you know, day in, day out. So, that's just me. Out of all of this. That's that's all I that's what I can say about that, you know. But, you know, getting to the beers. I know Phil that you were contemplating about having a beer today. And you know, I'll go first. I did it. I'll go first cuz I know that you were contemplating and uh my beer, you know, for finally getting to relax after talking about so much baseball. And it was my birthday last week, which we will get into the get into a moment. It was it's the Albeda Brewing Andy Gator beer that I had for my birthday. And my brother got it for me because he's like, Andrew, I know you're a craft beer connoisseur, blah, blah, blah. Even though I pale in comparison with you, Phil. <laughs> he got me this because it was my birthday and it said, said Andy on it, which I fucking hate the nickname. But it's a pretty good beer. It's a Hellas Doppelbach. You're going to get your malt, earthy taste with it. I really like it. And also another thing, too, it's boozy. I was not expecting, uh, you know, I've had other Doppelbox, and there were about six, seven. This one's an eight. It's pretty boozy, and I really enjoy it. It's nice and dark. Mm, that's delicious. But I really enjoy it. If I had to give it a untapped rating... Probably give it a 3.5, 3.75 out of 5. So that would be my rating. For you, Phil, what did you have? Because this is only going to be the beer. This is the only beer that I'm going to have for weeks (laughs) after what happened last week. But you go ahead first, and then we'll get into that. I am having Crane's Trailsmith Belgian-style farmhouse saison that is bottle-conditioned coming in at 6.8 percent which was very delicious by the way that was the thing you got to have it yes but no i enjoy it It, you know it's uh you know with the belgian yeast and everything you're gonna get those really fruity kind of aroma from it and with it being bottle conditioned you know it's gonna be a little extra carved so it's mm-hmm. going to have that strong kind of ye- – you're going to get that really strong Belgian yeast flavor from it. And, you know, you're going to get your traditional Saison and farmhouse. But I enjoy it quite a bit. You know, it's – you know, if you're looking at Kansas City, you know, it's hard to compete with Tank 7. Mm-hmm. And this is the same style as Tank 7, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it. It's a little bit lighter than the Tank 7. It's not as like – I don't know. The color you get from it is still that golden kind of like straw flavor or straw color. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, it's not as, it doesn't sit on your stomach as heavy as Tank 7 does. Yeah. Oh, oh, fans, if you were uh, seeing what Phil was doing, he's, he's getting it. He's getting it. He's looking at it, swirling it around. He's being the true connoisseur of the beer. 
You got to. Yeah, that's you true. I mean, I wish I could. I mean, I didn't get out my Boulevard tulip glass. I just wanted it straight out of the bottle. But, yeah, I, t- I definitely understand. And like I said, thank you for giving me that beer. It was very delicious. It is, uh, it is one of the few beers that I do remember from last week. And in the annual meetup, which probably will happen more this year, folks, was the meeting of the minds, uh, but not necessarily, like I said, the hands as the picture on Twitter was very, very, uh, was very shaky. And I'm a media guy, so there you go. That's what happens when you take selfies, folks. Anyway, so how how... How do I how do I describe the whole thing? It was fun. It was exciting. Uh, you know, for 95% of it, uh the last 5% uh yeah, not so fun. I mean <laughs> I mean the whole story goes coming up for my birthday, St. Pat's weekend, Kansas City. And Phil and I decide to go out. <clears throat> Since I did this on a Thursday, though. Did this on a Thursday. So, this is kind of key. <laughs> it wasn't a set Friday or Saturday. It was a Thursday, folks. Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> Which it really was. And we started off at Phil's place. Had a couple beers. Had the beer that you uh, currently, ha- currently had, Phil. It was very delicious. Very delicious beer. Talked about... You know, East 40 Brewing Company and talking about this up and coming uh, event that you're doing, which you can explain after the story if you want. And we just went out. We did uh, some craft brewing uh, bar hops. We went to um, Cinder Block in North Kansas City, had a flight there of six beers. Uh, if I can see, this is where it gets a little bit, ha- you know, a little bit I got hazy. You. I, I, I got you. <laughs> so at, at Cinderblock, we had their Northtown Native, their mm-hmm. Block IPA, their Unwind IPA, their Prime Extra Pale Ale, and their Havers Porter. So we only had five. There's only five. Mm-hmm. And those were just a flight. We shared it. And then we ate at their food truck kitchen. We each had their Reuben uh brat which was delicious yeah i was uh then, really surprised that a uh, reuben brat would be that dang good to be honest and then we went over, then we went over to torn label mm-hmm. and did you get a flight there as well yes i did okay so that was most likely their monk and honey mm-hmm. their house through mm-hmm. i think their hang em high ipa which i really enjoyed which I had a full pour of. I didn't have yeah. a flight there. I just had the one beer. And then, man, what did... It was probably another leap of faith. I think that's what it was. See, okay, I, think see, they I don't remember... Th- see, I don't remember the names right off the bat, but when you say them, I totally remember them. That's... And then we went... Up, and then after that, we went down the block and we went to double shift. Mm-hmm. And I had a full pour of their power move hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. And then you had another flight which had power move their 
pirate oatmeal porter, yes. uh, oatmeal stout. Mm-hmm. And then you had a uh, a rose beer. I can't remember the name of it. It was, yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but it was really good. And then you had one more, too, and I can't remember the name of that either. <laughs> As then, this, is, this is how the night progressed, folks. What Phil is then, saying is pretty much my night. How it progressed to, oh, I can remember the beer names. Oh, I can remember the style. I can't remember anything at all from, you know, the name and the styles of the beer. And then we went directly next door to Border Brewing. And they're at last call, so you... We got the same thing, the, I believe. The red, the red ale? Yeah, yeah, the red ale. Something based. I think it was only like 4%. And mm. then... Um, we walked across the street to International Tap House, and you I, had the good idea to order yourself a full pour of their milf. I had to make mothers. I, I had to make money moves. All right. And <laughs> this is where Andrew starts getting a little better. His his decision making gets even better at this point. Oh, so after we yeah. after we leave there, we go to gambles to talk to my sister real quick and we weren't there very long we were there long enough for andrew to down but a whiskey and coke th- that was the decision that was the decision that ruined the night all right i had if we put all the beers together i probably had seven beers like if we just put yeah, them we, all together the seven, flights yeah, yeah we shared that first flight yeah. So, but yeah, after after that, yeah, you probably had like six or seven beers. Six or total. seven beers with an and average aren't, AVB of yeah. probably eight, nine. I'll Maybe. probably put it at like seven point Se- five. Seven point five. That makes sense. Yeah. So you know he's 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 good and drunk at this point, and you know I'm I'm staying sober because I'm driving. So you know I'm drinking my waters, being safe, and. He was like, I'm going to order a whiskey and Coke. I'm like, you probably shouldn't. You're like, I'm going to. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Again, and making money he, moves. <laughs> he does that. And then I was like, you know what? We should probably go eat something. So we, uh, I take him to Town Topic, which he has not been to before. Which, you know, we'll leave the gross details out. But there was... he decided to. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you do this. <laughs> okay. I'm sitting at like the counter and he looks at me. He's like, where's the bathroom? And he has this like look of panic on his face. And I'm like, it's right there. Next thing you know, he's like throwing up in the bathroom. I'm just like, okay, this is how this is going. And then, you know, on the way home, he's just head out the window, throwing up the whole way home. Fun times. Fun times. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was a great time, though. It was a it was a fun time. Besides the five percent that I said was the uh, bad part, but no, I've really enjoyed the uh, really enjoyed the craft brewing experience, unlike any other. So yeah, no, Kansas has a great scene. So I think that's really it was an overall good night. It wasn't bad at all. I think that's where a lot of people a lot of people need to you know I think for me and for everybody that listens to this is Kansas city. I know that we keep on, you know, riding it because it's our pretty much our home city, but the craft brew experience there 
is, you know, I say up to par from listening to everybody talk about San Diego, talking about the Northwest, specifically around the Portland area, and getting all that, you know, all that going, Colorado, all that stuff. I think Kansas City has something unlike any other, and, you know, you can just, I'm pretty sure you only drove, like, six miles, and we hit, like, four breweries, five? Yeah. So, it wasn't these long drives to go from one place to another, and like you said, there was one brewery next to another one. So, I mean... It's all it's all fun. It's all fun. It was it was a really great time. I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. And like I said earlier, and again, this is if you want to, I know it's, you know, part of your new uh business venture. You and East 40 Brewing Company are putting on a event. Well, I should say yes. Blue Springs is putting on an event, and you're the main brewery of this. Yeah. It, uh, that, is that correct? Yeah, it is. It's just we can't officially announce who is headlining the concert or anything yet. But what it is, it's a uh, food truck and little mini little beer festival that we're doing. And, you know, we're the brewery's that are going to be there. It's still to be announced. That is something that I'm working on every day to get people on board. So mm. it's, it's an exciting time. And, you know, since we're doing plugs shamelessly, you sh- all should listen. All who listen should go and like and share and follow everything. East 40 brewing, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. I run, you know, I, I don't say I run, but well, I do, but you also do. David and Matt, they also post things there, but I'm the main guy there. And so you guys should go follow and like and share all of that good stuff. Yeah, and of course I do. But you get to see, you know, kind of the inner workings of a up-and-coming com- up brewery. I mean, it's kind of hard to do that these days because a lot of people want to make sure that they're open and ready to go. When they do all that stuff, I know that Springfield is currently going to have a fifth, fourth or fifth brewery, you could say. Who, Blue Springs or Kansas City? Springfield, Missouri. Oh, Springfield, sorry. <laughs> so, but see, that's the thing. Like, they don't have the inner workings of, you know, everyday, you know, the everyday life of an up and coming brewery like you all. And I think. That give you know it gives the people the opportunity to really look at it and see how things are run with it. So I I oh, yeah. enjoy it. It's I enjoy a good time. it. So Phil, do you have anything to say? Anything else to say, beer wise? Uh, you know, beer wise, baseball wise, uh, story wise, that was you know that you would like to bring up before I close the show i do not all righty folks and i you know like i said phil and i had a great time with each other uh the next time around i'll uh try to i'll try to be uh better about my decisions stop the cardi b of my decisions and making money moves 
Uh, Still waiting for that uh, Venmo payment to get my uh, truck detailed. Oh, my God. Lordy, lordy. It was pretty bad, folks. It was pretty bad. And, you know, again, when it comes to baseball, Houston Astros, six or seven. For me, the win on home soil. Uh, I believe you might have them winning on home soil, too. I am not sure. I had Um, them in five. You had them in five. So, okay. So, they wouldn't be... Well, it depends, too, because... You have them against the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. So they wouldn't be winning on home soil. So there you go, folks. Houston Astros. A lot of booze drinking. And now to, I guess, to soothe the tummies of spring training and the alcohol consumption that I had this past week, it is time to enjoy the start of the baseball season and just, again, just enjoy it. We're not, again, we're not going to have a show next week because we want to try to watch as much baseball action as possible, give our takes about the net, about, you know, the week and how everything goes. Or, you know, kind of a, another another week of hot takes after our, our bye week, per se. So, anyways, that is going to do it here for us, folks. For the ML Beers podcast, if you're listening to us on our website, we are also on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you did or did not hear before our podcast started, we are part of the Tangentbound Network, which has a multitude of genres. And Phil, you get to finally say, you know, I've been trying to, you know, figure out what you would say about the Tangentbound Network. I know that you have a podcast that you really like about on the tangent mountain network and i've been i've just been trying to play it up that you've been recently on your favorite podcast yes i was on an enthusiast episodes of the salty language so you guys should go there download it check it out they're on spotify so you know all the other podcast apps and all that good stuff as well but Mm -hmm. yeah you should go there check it out it's a pretty it's a pretty good show we had a lot of laughs during it it is, uh, from what I looked at, probably the longest uh, enthusiast episode on the in the series. So it's a lot of laughs, yeah, a lot of good times. I thought yeah, about two hours. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it Which, was a really good episode. You know, it didn't feel like it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. For our social media, we are all we are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We are also on YouTube under the name MLB Podcast. We are also on Twitch, which is under my name, AW, AW Sherman 13 which I'll finally get to do something probably next week with Twitch and probably, you know, start something else besides baseball, maybe get into uh, some city skylines. Never know with that. Also, we are on the Untapped app if you haven't heard us say it before it is pretty much beer social media where if you have a beer you can give it a rating you can give it a little note where uh, you know pros and cons of it if you want or just say that you like it you can take a picture of it and post it and people will uh people will give you cheers which is the like version of untapped beyond beyond that if you want to contact us we have an email at majorbeers at gmail.com. We also have ways for you to contact us individually. 
individually. Mine is real AWS 13. And Phil, what is yours? At Philco 816. All righty. Awesome. So anyway, folks, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on all the podcast apps that you have. Also on YouTube and other and Twitter and other social media outlets. And we get to finally say this. Not only, you know, not only our motto for the ML Beers podcast, you know, win or lose, there is always booze, but I, I, I guess this is a, a way to end it perfectly. Play ball, folks. Play ball. <laughs>